Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features an episode of The Adventures of Frank Race called Darling Debutante. It first aired on May 8th, 1949. The Adventures of Frank Race, starring Tom Collins. changed many things, the face of the earth and the people on it. Before the war, Frank Race worked as an attorney, but he traded his law books for the cloak and dagger of the OSS. When it was over, his former life was over, too. Adventure had become his business. The Adventures of Frank Race. peacefully set you off to a relaxed, poised beginning. So I came out of my nocturnal fog to the sound of... Now listen, you're going to talk to him if I have to beat your brain? Oh, now look, look what you did. Just because you want to be stubborn. Mark, Mark, for Pete's sake. Oh, oh, are you awake? Am I awake? What are you trying to do, break my lease? Well, we just want to talk to you. You... Both wanted to talk to me. And somehow I have the idea that the desire isn't exactly mutual. But this guy's in trouble, Frank, and he's a friend of mine. His name is Bob Kennedy. And he drives a hack, just like me. It was cold outside, and all Kennedy had on for a coat was a worn army field jacket. He needed a shave. And the way he shaped up, he could have done with some solid meals. His features were distorted with fear. I've been telling him, Frank, if anybody can help, you can. Go on, Bob. Spill a story. Oh, look, Mark, we're wasting time. i got to get out of town. It's my only chance. Your only chance for what? He, uh, he thinks his wife is in the morgue, Any connection with that item in yesterday's paper? An unidentified girl? Yeah, that's it. Same description. Her clothes. The report said there was plenty of indication that she might have been murdered. How do you fit in, Bob? Well, would you believe me if I say I didn't do it? 
Let me get dressed. We better go to the morgue and have a look at that girl. And on the way, you can break this down for me. <laughs> GI, studying architecture on a BA program. His wife had been an English war bride. He told me about his withdrawal. I didn't marry into the royal family or anything like that. She worked the factory during the war making ammunition. But she was pretty. No guy could have a better wife. Yet you had a fight. Yeah. We picked a great place to pull it off. A cafeteria with a million people around. She left me there. That's all I know. Why might she have gone, man? Oh, I don't know. Unless it was to look for a job. Ah, this is it. And uh, I know the boys in here, so you might let me do the talking. The girl in the morgue was Bob Kennedy's wife, all right. Oh. She still looked pretty and young, even lying there. Bob's stricken eyes came up to meet mine, staring at me. I shrugged at the attendant, and he replaced the sheet. I think you ought to go to the police, Bob. Well, after that fight, you know what else? We had insurance policies on each other. Double indemnity endowments. Yeah, they were her idea. For our old age and a protected kid. There's the big fat motive they're going to pin on me. You have a child. Two years old. Boy. That money could be important to him. Sure. Sure it could. You'll never use a quarter of it if the court declares you guilty of murdering his mother. Hiding out now is going to look bad. You turn yourself in. Not a chance. I haven't got a prayer and I know it. I'm going to say thanks and get lost. Mark's cab stood at the curb. Mark shot me a warning look as I came out. There's reason for his attitude. On the sidewalk waited a couple of gentlemen who might have been war dealers just for getting off the boat. And the smaller of the pair intercepted me at the bottom of the steps. You're Frank Ray, ain't you? That's right. You? What's the idea case in the mall? I don't live here. You don't, but you might. What's the story? Sorry. Saving that for my biography. Yeah? Well, we'll see how long you save it. Okay, get in the cab. He had his argument in his hand, a snub-nosed automatic. So I shrugged and moved toward the taxi. At the same time, Mark slid across the seat and stepped out as though to open the door for us. And immediately pinwheeled into action with a 14-inch end wrench. Hey, Daddy, 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 you, Watch it, Mark. Hey, miss me. Get out of this, Eddie. Eddie's washed up. As of now. And you too, Mark. Oh. Oh. Brother, that runs him up. Yeah. Come on, Frank, let's get out of here before that shot brings the boys in blue. Yeah, as soon as I unload this gun. What's the story on that Milo personality? Seems to know him. Milo Morgan? Sighty. He belongs to Larry Carmichael, the ragged boys. Why? Uh, Larry Carmichael. Good lad, Marcus. You steered me into the lead I've been looking for. <laughs> I knew Larry Carmichael, big fellow with blonde curly hair that was going gray. Found him in his nightclub office practicing billiard shots. Hey, what's the pitch on you anyway? You come in here for the first time in a year and all you do is ask questions. Too nosy? 
I don't like questions. You ought to know that. Ever heard of a girl called Faye Kennedy? I, uh, I know lots of people. I saw her a little while ago. On a slab in the morgue. Went out to the bar. Have yourself a drink. I sell good liquor. But you don't want to talk about the Kennedy girl. I gave a party. I had lots of guests. The dame was there. I never knew it. And if you keep playing cop, I'm going to get sore. I left him as he muffed his third shot. It wasn't like him. It was still early in the evening, but several people were sitting far. As I went by, a voice tagged me. It's so, Frank. It's martini time. Well, Larry Carmichael, Jr. You've grown up. <laughs> Sit down, Ray. This is Buddy Covington. Hello, Ray. Dusky hair and blue eyes are always tough on a man. And they go with everything else this girl had to offer. You wanted to sit down. Slowly. Money coming for me. Number one glamour dead in season. Top of the bottle for looks, poise, all money. Quit staring, Ray. She's going to stay a while. <laughs> what have you been doing? I just finished chatting with your father. Well, how'd you find him? His billiard game is off. His disposition's off with it. Hmm. If he's playing billiards, he's feeling happier than he did yesterday. Might be a good time for me to uh, interview him. <laughs> uh, stay put, children. I'll be back. So the kid has made the big league. Meaning me? According to the voters, you're an ultra-exclusive package. People talk about you, too. Yeah, I'm not as pretty. Well, you make an impression. I understand you enjoy getting into trouble. Kids like Larry inclined to exaggerate. Is that what you're doing now? Getting into trouble? You're talking about the very moment I tell you to lose. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy you, Ray. How would you like to take me somewhere else? I'm in the mood to patronize several spots tonight. Well, then, Larry. Oh, he's a charming boy. But I'm not wearing fraternity pins this season. Well, then, I must make a phone call first. Well, go ahead and make it. And to ease your conscience, I'll say goodbye to Larry Jr. My call was to the homicide bureau. A friend by the name of Lieutenant Bender. I asked him if the girl in the mortgage didn't identify him. Sure, typical state How's it going the book, homicide? Picked up anyone in? What's your interest in this, Frank? Just curiosity. You and your curiosity. Still like to know if you've made an arrest. Well, we brought in the girl's husband about an hour ago. You calling it open and shut? Oh, oh not this, sir. But the guy was skipping town. Took... I don't think he did. Does that mean you know something, Frank? I'll uh, keep you posted, Lieutenant. Listen, uh, Frank. Are you ready to go now? I'll have to call a cab. Oh, we can use my car. What about Junior? Still talking money with his dad. The child has to live, you know. We went out to the parking lot and we brought a car around. I had to repress an exclamation when I saw it. Those export jobs they're sending out of Europe these days. The two of about $7,000. I'm flattered that you like it, Ray. Jump in and drive. I should think you'd want an exclusive on it. Oh, not I, darling. My whim runs to handsome chauffeurs. clubs in a row adds up to a lot of nightclubs, even for me. How about going into that drive-in for hamburgers? We're in. Oh, dark. Must be the exercise. Now, we won't need many to make it for hamburgers and fries and coffee. Oh, this is nice. 
But you're not going to take me right home, Ray. I'm determined to make a night of it. This is the first time in a week that I haven't been bored. Oh, little Richmond. Tell me something, Ray. If I can. What do I have to do to get you to take me seriously? Now, tell me something about yourself. Ask me anything. How long have you been running around with young Larry? Oh, a few days. Just for last. Were you, uh, at the Carmichael party the night before last? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I was. Why? There was a girl at that party who was found dead the next morning. The police think she was murdered. You are talking about the girl the police identified today? That's right. Hey, Kimmy. Well, how do you tie her in with the party, Ray? The paper said something about the body being found on some highway. Well, move around, ask a few questions, listen to a few answers. Good answer. That girl. Are you working on the case? Not professionally. Just trying to help someone out of a jam. Would I be helping someone out of a jam if I told you I saw that girl at the party? Keep going. She was one of the extra girls hired as a maid. I noticed her when I heard her talk. That English accent. I liked her. I tried to engage her to work for me. What happened? She didn't want a steady job. You know what happened to her later? Yes, I do. It was almost morning when I talked to her about working for me. Most of the guests had left, and she couldn't get a cab. So Larry loaned her one of the house cars, a Ford Coupe. And she left by herself. All alone? You sure of that? Well, yes, I'm positive. I watched her drive away. What's the matter? Don't you like my information? I'm thinking what it probably means for her husband. Trial and conviction for murder. We'll return to the adventures of Frank Race in just about one minute. Adventures of Frank Race. I've had cases that have been failures, plenty of them. But when a kid has been accused of murdering his wife, the mother of his son, something tells you he's innocent, you don't like the thought of failure. So I called it homicide and interrupted Lieutenant Vander doing some desk work. Sit down, Frank. What can I do for you? Oh, I'd just like to get a look at Faith Kennedy's effects. Oh, I have them right here. Look all you like. As compact, lipstick, four pennies, and the photograph of a small boy. That all? That's the business. Did you know that she worked as a man? Yeah, yeah, we know. She only worked a few days at a time. I guess she was looking for a regular job because she just applied for a social security card. Mm. Now it's your turn, Frank. What do you know about it? Nothing worthwhile, yeah. When I do, I'll bring it to you. Where are they um, holding the child? Juvenile Hall. 
fine. I'd like to see him. Good man, that's against the law. You know it. <laughs> Stop making with a funny strength. Come on, get in here and I'll give you some lift. Huh? I was going over to Juvenile Hall to see Bob Kennedy's kid. What were you doing around here? I was going to see if I'd get a pass to go in and see Bob. I'll make it later. Brief me on something, Mark. Sorry. What do you know about Larry Carmichael, Jr.? Yeah, crazy kid. Always getting in jams. What kind of jam? Dames, mostly. They're always taking them for dough. I guess that's why the old man tightened up on a bankroll. Why? I've sort of had him on the mind. What about Larry Sr.? Has he ever been arrested? Oh, yeah. But they never proved nothing against him. He was indicted by the grand jury about eight years ago, but he beats the rat. What was he charged with? They hooked him as head of a ring that had been clout and hot shorts. They went what? Clout and hot shorts. And all stealing cars. Did they have enough on him? Yeah. He was too clever. By the time he got finished repainting him and everything, even the insurance companies couldn't identify him. Where did he do all this painting and changing? Garage he's got. Orange State Street. Does he still have it? Yeah, but it's strictly legit. Huh? Just the same, I think I'll postpone my trip to Juvenile Hall for a while. Drop me off and you can go and visit Bob Kennedy. Okay. Where you want it? Where are you going now? To pay another call on Larry Carmichael Sr. Back again? No, I just thought you might want to talk to me now. I might. Get a drink? You can owe me one. Hey, I thought you and me were friends. You are. Pardon me? The way you mauled a couple of my boys yesterday. Oh, come on. They wanted to prod me around with pistols. Oh, they thought you were somebody else. They knew him. I still think they made a mistake. Why don't you call them in here? You can ask them a few questions. Uh, well, they're not around right now. Why were they kissing the morgue, Larry? Would you believe me if I told you I didn't know? Not man. Go ahead and tell me. Who are you working for, Frank? What are you so busy about? Now you're making sounds that don't mean anything. You know the story. Kennedy girl? Didn't want to talk about it yesterday. No, I didn't know I was going to have you breathing down the back of my neck. What are you trying to prove? I don't want to see your husband go to the block for something he didn't do. Hmm. You got ideas on the one that tripped him up, huh? Did you learn? Look, Race, I thought you worked for insurance companies. That's right. Well, go back to work for him. You'll be happier. Tell me something, Larry. Uh, you own a big garage, don't you? One of those open all-night affairs? I own a service station. So what? No, oh, just a casual question. They want to sell you some advertising one of these days. What are you talking about? If it's about me, I want to hear all of it. Hello, Race. Hello, Bunny. Going somewhere? As usual. Take me? I don't hang around here, baby. Sorry, Larry. I need some fresh air. How about it, Ray? I've got your favorite car outside. It won't be exciting. Let me decide that. Where are we going? To see a little kid. He was tiny and toe-headed. looked as though he'd... You may have a cute, ready grin. But there was evidence that he'd been crying. Crying a lot. And when I lifted him, I caught a soft, tired sound deep in his throat. I was told he'd be kept there until the disposition of his father had been decided, either by the police or by the court. Later, when Money Covington and I got outside, 
There seemed to be more clouds in the sky when we'd gone in. More bleakness to the day. What did they call him, Race? I didn't get it. Kimmy. His first name's Cameron. Let's go. What'll happen to him? Your father's convicted. I'm not sure. Go ahead, you drive. They'll probably put him up for adoption, won't they? No, something like that. Whatever happens, it's going to be rough on him. How are you doing on this case? So far, I've walked up a lot of blind alleys. I keep getting the feeling that I'm overlooking something. Something I've already seen. Well, what about the police? Can't they help? Well, they've got the husband. No, I don't know. Maybe they're right, but... But you'll keep trying. That's right. Incidentally, this gray hound of yours is running low on gas. Oh, well, there's a station across the street. I know. Let's, um, let's go to that garage where it's like it. You know, being curious about that Ford Coupe unit. The service station was one of Larry Carmichael's pet enterprises, one of those super service subdivisions that peddle everything from windshield wipers to body and tender work. It was toward the body and tender building that I made my inquisitive way while the car took time out the gas and money took time out pretty up. No activity going on, but the Denton Scratch Emporium was open, so I prowled in. I've been peering around for about five minutes, and someone switched on a light. One of those uniformed private police boys. The moment I caught his malevolent grin, I knew something ugly had turned up. While I was thinking this, he leveled a thirty-eight at me. I dove behind a Buick station wagon, crawled as far as the rear wheels of a Dodge truck, but I jumped up and... Fourth and open door at the far end. What's the matter, Ray? Profit, get up here. Oh, whatever happened? Yeah, I said you almost won Cupid on. Oh, it's never a dull moment with you, Ray. Should we drop in somewhere for a drink? It sounds enticing, but on the way I'd like to uh, patronize the first public telephone we see. More cops and robbers? Yeah, getting shot at seemed to have blown the fog in my brain. I just caught the idea that might wrap up this package. Good. Then maybe you'll have a little time for thinking about me. I spent 45 minutes in one of those sidewalk phone booths. I called Vander at Homicide and asked him to relay a message to Bob Kennedy in his cell. When Vander called back with the answer, I talked to him into securing another item of information from the motor vehicle. When I got back, it was funny. Everything had finally done. You know, I've discovered what makes you so attractive to me, Ray. It's because I'm always having to wait for you. You know that you're the first person I've ever waited for in my life. Drive on, Duchess. Now, you take the wheel. You know, I've been thinking about that. About what? The fact that you never want to drive. Well, I told you the reason. I like handsome chauffeurs. Want me to tell you the real reason? Go ahead. Your driver's license has been revoked. Too many convictions for speeding, reckless driving. All right, so I'm a good little girl. I let others drive for me. You drove the other night, though. You drove and you had an accident with this car. Race, you're upset. You haven't been getting enough sleep. You bought the car new, didn't you, Duchess? How long have you had it? Six weeks. Well, the front fenders have been refinished. I can tell because the rubber fitting is a coat with paint. That's always the tip off to a refinish job. Do you read palms too, Race? It all ties in with what happened to Faye Kennedy. You see, when you offered her that maid's job, she didn't turn you down. She accepted it. She'd been looking for a job, so you took her home with you when you left the party. Which would have been all right, except that on the way, you couldn't resist showing off the speed of this rocket. You ran it off the road into some brush. 
You didn't hurt yourself, and the car was still drivable. But you fractured that girl's skull. So you pushed her out and left her there, alongside the road. Because you knew that with your record, you'd face a charge of manslaughter. <laughs> Darling, you are upset. Let's go and have that drink. Sorry, Duchess. No drinks. Oh, Race, you can't really believe all this. Oh, I admit I cracked up the car, but the rest of it... Oh, you're letting your imagination run away with you. No. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it because you lied. You lied when you said you saw that girl drive a Ford away from the party. I did see her race. I can prove it. No, Duchess. Faye Kennedy was born in England into a poor family. Poor families that don't have cars. She didn't have a driver's license either because she never learned how to drive a car. All right, Ray. You've put it together. But you're not going to be difficult about it, are you? After all, manslaughter isn't murder. You'd have turned it into murder. You'd have let that girl's husband go to the chair. Oh, they wouldn't have given him the chair, Ray. Life imprisonment may be not the chair. Just life imprisonment. You have no trouble being casual with other people's lives, do you, Duchess? Tell me, uh, how much did you have to pay Larry's private cop to shoot me for a trespassing? Ray, I was in a jam. Ray, give me a chance. Give me a chance to show you my real inner feeling for you. I had a look at your inner feeling, Duchess. When we saw that baby. You were about as sympathetic as that pole axe. Where are we going, Ray? Center Street, Homicide Bureau. Last year, debutantes, you came out. This year, you're going in. of Frank Race, starring Tom Collins, came to you from Hollywood. The series is written and directed by Joel Murcott and Buckley Angel. The music is composed and played by Ivan Dittmars. Be sure to be with us again this time, one week from today, for another dramatic chapter in The Adventures of Frank Race. Art Gilmore speaking. This is a Bruce Ells production.
The Adventures of Frank Grace was an adventure serial syndicated by Bruce Eels Productions. The program's first East Coast broadcast was in 1949, and the show ran for 43 episodes. Because it was syndicated, it aired on different stations on different days. Before the war, Frank Race was an attorney, but he traded his law books for the cloak and dagger of the OSS. When it was over, his former life was over too. Adventure had become his business. Frank Race mainly investigated international insurance scams around the globe in various exotic locations, making him something of a cross between James Bond and Johnny Dollar. Each episode opened with an organ theme and then the following from the announcer Art Gilmore. After Tom Collins played the title role for the first 22 episodes, Paul Dubov took over the lead role. Tony Barnett portrayed Race's sidekick, Mark Donovan. Other actors included Jack Crucian, Wilms Herbert, Lillian Baeff, and Harry Lang. The series was written and directed by Joel Murcott and Buckley Angel. Ivan Dittmars provided the background organ music. Have a good week, everyone.